With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At any rate, from there, he must pick up their trail again. On the other hand, all this was but supposition. They might make at once for the sanctuary to lie in wait for him. In any case... There was need, desperate need for haste. He glanced sharply around him, and by the side of the tenement house, now that bordered onto the alleyway, with a curious, swift gliding motion, he seemed to blend into the shadow and darkness. It was the sanctuary, that room on the first floor of the tenement. The tenement that had three entrances, three exits, a passageway through to the saloon on the next street that abutted on the rear, the usual front door, and the side door in the alleyway. Gone was the shuffling gate. Quick, alert, he ran, crouching, bent down along the alleyway, reached the side door opened it stealthily, closed it behind him with equal caution, and in the dark entry stood motionless, listening intently. There was no sound. He began to mount the rickety, dilapidated stairs, and where it seemed that the lightest tread must make them creak out in blatant protest, he strained muscles delicately compensating his body weight, carried him upward with a silence that was almost uncanny. There was need of silence as there was need of haste. He was not so sure now of the time at his disposal that he had even reached the sanctuary first. How long had he loitered in that half-dazed way on the Bowery? He did not know perhaps longer than he had imagined. There was the possibility that Whitey Mac and Lanningan were already above, waiting for him. But even if they were not already there, and he got away before they came, it was imperative that no one should know that Larry the Bat had come and gone. He reached the landing and paused again, his right hand with a vicious muzzle of his automatic peeping down from between his fingers, thrown a little forward. It was black, 
utterly black around him. Again, that stealthy, cat-like tread, and his ear was at the keyhole of the sanctuary door. A full minute, priceless though it was, passed. Then, satisfied that the room was empty, he drew his head back from the keyhole, and those slim tapering fingers, that in their tips seemed to embody all the human senses, felt over the lock. Apparently, it had been undisturbed, but that was no proof that Whitey Mark had not been there after finding the metal case. Whitey Mark was known to be clever with a lock, clever enough for that, anyhow. He slipped in the key, turned it, and on hinges that were always oiled, silently pushed the door open and stepped across the threshold. He closed the door until it was just ajar, that any sound might reach him from without, and whipping off his coat, began to undress swiftly. There was no light. He dared not use the gas. It might be seen from the alleyway. He was moving now quickly, surely, silently, here and there. It was like some weird spectre figure, a little blacker than the surrounding darkness, flitting about the room. The oil cloth in the corner was turned back, the loose flooring lifted, the clothes of Jimmy Dale taken out, the rags of Larry the Bat put in. The minutes flew by. It was not the change of clothing that took long. It was the eradication of Larry the Bat's makeup from his face, throat, neck, wrists, and hands. Occasionally, his head was turned in a tense, listening attitude. But always, the fingers were busy, working with swift deftness. It was done at last. Larry the Bat had vanished, and in his place stood Jimmy Dale, the young millionaire, the social lion of New York, immaculate in well-tailored tweets. He stooped to the hole in the flooring, and his fingers, going unerringly to the hiding place, took out a black silk mask and an electric flashlight. His automatic was already in his possession. His lips parted grimly. Who knew what part a flashlight might not play? And he would need the mask for Lanningan's benefit, even if it did not disguise him from Whitey Mark. Had he left any telltale evidence of his visit? It was almost worth the risk of a light to make sure. He hesitated, then shook his head, and stooping again, carefully replaced the flooring and laid the oilcloth over it. He dared not show a light at any cost. But now, even more caution than before was necessary.
at times the lodgers had naturally enough seen their fellow lodger larry the bat enter and leave the tenement none had ever seen gb dale either leave or enter he stole across the room to the door halted to assure himself that the hall was empty slipped out into the hall and locked the door behind him again that trained long-practiced silent tread upon the stairs it seemed as though an hour passed before he reached the bottom and his brain was shrieking at him to hurry 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 the entryway at last the door the alleyway a long breath of relief and he was on the cross street a step two he took in the direction of the bowery and he was bending down as though to tie his shoe his automatic from his side pocket concealed in his hand was that someone there he could have sworn he saw a shadow-like form start out from behind the steps of the house on the opposite side of the street as he had emerged from the alleyway in his bent posture without seemingly turning his head his eyes swept sharply up and down the other side of the ill-lighted street nothing there was not even a pedestrian in sight on the block from there to the bowery jimmy dale straightened up nonchalantly and stooped almost instantly again as though the lace were still proving refractory again that sharp searching glance again nothing he went forward now in apparent unconcern but his right hand instead of being buried in his coat pocket swung easily at his side it was strange his ineffective views to the contrary he was certain that he had not been mistaken was it whitey mark was the question answered was the grayson known too as jimmy dale were they trailing him now with the climax to come at the club at his own palatial home wherever the surroundings would best lend themselves to assuaging that inordinate thirst for the sensational 